to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. We are your hosts. I am the one called Dave. That one is the other one. He's called Ike. Ike, how are you? You know, I'm probably, if I'm looking into the future, I'm probably doing pretty good. I'm probably on a on a cruise ship somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, like we said last episode, this episode is being pre-recorded. Uh, we are on vacation. We are on a cruise. And this episode is being released February 2nd. Thursday, February 2nd. I can, yeah, we're... We're still on the ship on that day, I believe, aren't we? Yeah, we don't get off till Friday, uh, I think. Right? Is that right? Or do we get <laughs> we, off? We might get off on Thursday, so it, it, I might have, I may have lied. I, I may be somewhere in, in Louisiana <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah, at, at this point in real life, we may actually be just slightly depressed because our vacation's winding down and we're we're off the ship. So this might be a real shitty day for us, actually, but. <laughs> <laughs> but in the fantasy world of listen to the screams, we're recording this ahead and fucking everything's hunky dory uh, because we're here. We're with you and we're talking horror movies. So uh, wherever you listen to us, make sure you subscribe and make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd. You can find us on those at listen to screams as we see every episode. Thank you to Kayla and Monica. They're probably at this point in life. Uh, Probably a little sick of spending so damn much time with us on a cruise ship and uh, <laughs> probably wanting a little breathing room. No, 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 I kid, I kid. And as we say every episode, and we'll say again later also, though, we do discuss movies. In the course of discussing those movies, we may spoil things, so you have been warned. This is your first official spoiler warning. Uh, I, we Usually right now we discuss what we watch uh, and what we did and everything else, but like we said, uh, we're, we're knee-deep. We're, we're winding down vacation. Uh, so we probably didn't watch much of anything. And if we did, it was something we downloaded that we've watched a million times, probably uh, that we watched, you know, like, you know, in the cabin at night or whatever it might be. So I, I don't <laughs> I think there's much to say there. Um, I, I was going to say this is just a little snippet in case anybody's curious. When you go on a cruise ship, they do have TVs in the room. Right. And they yeah. do have they do have movie channels. But let me tell you, um it, they, it has gotten better, but once upon a time, the movie channels would like recycle like 10 movies, right? And they were uh, like movies from like over 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I recall like, the year, remember when your brother watched, was it Pitch Perfect 2? I think like, so. It's one like of the a, Pitch Perfect movies. Like a fucking dozen times on this week cruise. Because he was. What a lie, man. What'd you do on vacation? I ate chicken wings and watched Pitch Perfect 2 like a dozen times. So if I remember correctly, he was like seasick, so he stayed in the room a bunch, and yeah, he watched Pittsburgh 2 and ordered room service, which, to be fair, at the time, it was free room service, so yeah. that, that's kind of a vacation if you think about it. Yeah, he loved it, right? He enjoyed it, right? But, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and unfortunately, for the sake of our discussion, I mean, when you're on a cruise ship, right, which are, ah, those are kind of family-oriented vacations, you don't really get horror offerings on those channels, oh. and they do they do the, uh, what, what do they call it, the theater... Whatever, uh, diving they do it. movies. Yeah, the diving movies up by the pool on top of the ship. You know, they do those movies, and those they don't really have horror options. They're typical. They're more, you know, cartoons or or family movies or superhero movies, lots of Marvel movies, stuff like that. Uh, so you don't get a lot of horror options. And those things, I, I understand, say, right? You, but uh, well, we'll ahead. say I will say this time around because I remember our, um somebody because we have like a little uh an, an RL a little peek into our real lives. We have like a group chat. Yeah. And somebody posted movies that are going to be at this one. And to be fair, 
there are some pretty adult themed movies on this one, like Bullet Train. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, Elvis, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, there's some um, good movies on the list this year. It's this is probably yeah. this because we've gone on several cruises, right? We've we've uh you know we've done this several times. Ah, shit, and I can't find the. I was trying to find the list in the shit that, but there's there's legit some pretty strong movies this year. The Batman, that was another one. <laughs> uh, lo- I said I enjoyed that, which is weird because I'm I've never been a huge Pattinson guy, but I like the Batman. Love oh yeah, Batman. here we go. And and I haven't watched Elvis yet, and I've wanted to watch that, so that would be a fun one to watch. And I love the Jurassic World movies. I haven't seen Bullet Train yet, and I've wanted to watch that. Um, so that would be a fun one. And then uh, and then Top Gun Maverick, which I love that movie too. And then again, <laughs> I've not there seen are that one. <laughs> yeah, there are some kid movies, of course, but but again, no no last, no real horror options per se, except unless no. you want to classify Jurassic World as a horror adjacent movie. Uh, but <laughs> you know, horror adjacent. <laughs> yeah. But before we go, I always download some movies and some TV on like the iPads and stuff to kind of right. watch at night and stuff. So I'm sure there'll be something horror related uh, there. And I, I usually do I, I do quite a bit of reading on the ship. I like to read, and I don't get a, as much time as I would like to read in my day to day life. So I kind of take that, you know, lay out in the sun and read. So there's a good chance that I might be uh, have my nose stuck in a horror related book. Uh, so yeah. there's there's no doubt going to be some some horror related uh, stories that we'll have to tell. Uh, when we get back, hopefully not real life horror type stuff. You know, hopefully nothing you know, happens. We we you know we do have some port stops. Hopefully nothing bad happens and, and whatever else. But uh, so there you go. That's that's the most. Well, I mean, we can't really say what we what we watched because uh, you know, in this fantasy world, uh, yeah, <laughs> legit. The episode you listened to last week, we just recorded. Uh, we're recording yeah. them back to back. So, uh, but uh, you know, like we said, to you know, to be transparent, our next episode. Coming out on February 9th, uh, we'll be catching up on news and, and anything that came up uh, in the world. Uh, we'll be discussing all that then. Uh, we'll have lots of stories. We'll tell you some cruise-related stories. Hopefully, you'll stick through those because they may not be horror-related, but I'm sure they'll be interesting. Uh, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll only give you the cream of the crop stories um, and, and everything else. The Cliff Notes version, if you will. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the highlights, but uh, – but this week on this episode, we are discussing uh, – we're going to review later on the show My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Uh, when we talked about coming into 2023, we thought it's pretty cool now that we're past you know, Halloween and Christmas and stuff like that because now we can not only hit the new releases, but we can discuss some classics, right? Some some old yeah. stuff. We can catch on some movies like that, uh, and this is one of them. Uh, you know, you know, My Bloody Valentine, of course, came out in 1981. Uh, it was kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a trendsetter. In the world of slashers, right? It's a very early slasher. Uh, so we're going to review that later in the movie, or excuse me, later in the podcast uh, episode. But right now, we're going to play Top 3. Top 3. <laughs> On this episode's Top 3, we're going to discuss our top three favorite supernatural movies. Now, Ike, I have to, I have to be up front with you here, okay? I have to be completely... Completely up front. When I sent you this idea for this one, right, and said, hey, let's do this, because we have a list of top three ideas, right, that we're always throwing out there, and I put them on a list so that we could pull off of. I very strategically did not put the word horror in this, <laughs> and I just put supernatural movies, hmm. because my number one movie on this list, I wouldn't classify necessarily as a horror movie, but it is definitely a supernatural movie. So there's a little teaser going into our list here. but. <laughs> Before we do that, when we when we do this, when we discuss a a a, a genre or a subgenre of horror movies like this, we like to give 
uh, just a little cliff notes version, as you said, uh, of what what that means. Right. And uh, I, I'm going I'm to read off kind of a definition I pulled together from sources. And you tell me what you think of a supernatural movie. It's a movie that is of or relating to an order uh, of existence beyond the visible observable observable universe. An example, uh, it, it oftentimes pertains to ghosts and demons. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that's a, a lot of a, a big part of it. Uh, so it's basically the unknown, right? We have what we can see in the world, and and that you know, and if you were to have monsters in a movie, that's that's very visible, that's very real, even if they're not in real life. That's that's that. But the stuff that we can't explain, or we can't disprove or approve or anything, right? We don't know, right? You can't at this stage. We we can't prove or disprove ghosts and demons, et cetera, et cetera, right? That, it's just not. So that's where man, people could really dive in creatively into this and give their own spin on it. Um, so, like, what do you what do you think of that definition? Do you think that that kind of sums it up in a nutshell pretty well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, th- I think with supernatural, it when you hear those words, it almost invokes like like you said. The ghosts, the 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 world beyond our own, um, you know, I think supernatural can be applied to a lot of different things. Um, you know, one one could make an argument for like, you know, zombies and monsters. But I yep. think that generally um, supernatural really pertains to, like you said, something that is unknown, something that has little to no explanation, um, something that is extraordinary, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I, and I definitely feel like the ghosts, the demons, the above our own universe, stuff like that. And the, the beyond, if you will, that definitely plays into what I would say is the supernatural, I would say. Yeah. And, and oftentimes, especially with movies, a lot, when you discuss supernatural and you discuss these things, lots of times it pulls in many aspects of religion, right? There's a lot of that that ties into it because religion touches on these things a lot, right? Religion right. keys a lot on the afterlife and in and, and the soul. And, you know, and, and again, of course, in my head, when I hear supernatural, I think of the, the TV show that I'm obsessed with and that I love. <laughs> right. But in that, in that, right, there's, you know, they, the way they break it down kind of that. So that show, and, and, and this is what, you know, it's kind of a vague view of this. The, a human has a soul, right? And when they die, the soul can go to heaven, right? And, and, and yeah. live in their, in their, their dream, whatever, their, their memories, playing their greatest hits, whatever you might call it, can be caught in the veil where it's just kind of hanging there in limbo. It can still be tied to the, the real world and the earth, in which time, after, over time, essentially the soul, the spirit becomes demented and twisted. And that's where it be, you get ghosts and, right. and, 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 and things like that. Or it can go to hell <laughs> and it becomes a demon, can become a demon. Well, that's where it really gets twisted. And whatever else. So it all ties to kind of, you know, and again, so it plays a lot of religious factors oftentimes with these stories, not necessarily, you know, that, that a noise play into it. But obviously, you know, that's that's, you know, a heavy, uh, heavy can be a heavy tool in telling these stories. So anyway, that's kind of a long version of trying to explain, in our view, what a supernatural movie is. Uh, so let's dive into our top three favorites. I think I will let you start as we always do. What is your number three favorite supernatural movie? Absolutely. Um, so I I kind of struggle with this one. Let, let me preface this by uh, saying that uh, I struggled. I, I struggled because there are so many great supernatural movies. 
And there are so many just, man. So, okay. So let me, let me say, let me start with this. All of mine are definitely like ghost slash demon related movies. 100%. These are all of mine are pretty cut and dry. Cause I was like, these are the ones that compel me. So yeah. the one for me, the f- number three is the conjuring. So uh, <laughs> I, that's ironic. That's my number three as well. Oh no shit. Okay. So yeah. a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't like the conjuring movies and oh, I love it. I, I love the conjuring movies. All of them are good. Annabelle, um, all the conjuring yeah. movies are fantastic. The first conjuring movie, in my opinion, is probably one of the best out of all of them. Um, yeah. you know, I love Patrick Wilson. Um, I, I would watch Patrick Wilson do anything. He's a fantastic actor. Um, I also really like, um, oh gosh, sorry, I forgot her name. Um, yeah, her name is Vera Farmiga. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, honestly, it has a lot of other great people in it too, like Lily Taylor, um, Joey King. But the Conjuring movie, the first one, it, it really sets up this character of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, I know obviously there's been some kind of controversy with Ed and Lorraine Warren in the real world because yeah. Ed Warren wasn't always a very good person. Right. But I like to say the conjuring movies it's a different different person it's it's a different character it's more of a character than it is a real depiction of who ed warren was and um the first conjuring movie to me it has some of the most compelling acting uh in a horror movie i think one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is um towards the end where they find out um the demon's name it's like Bathsheba or something like that and Patrick Wilson is reaching through the floorboards and like presses a cross against this woman's head. And he's like, Bathsheba, I condemn you back to hell. And I'm just like, every time I see that, it gives me like cold chill. Like it gives me like goosebumps um, because I'm like, wow, like this feels real. Um, but I remember The Conjuring was like sort of a, a paramount movie in the early 2000s. Well, 2013 um, yeah. that for me really kind of put me on the track of like liking supernatural horror movies. So number three is The Conjuring. <laughs> Yeah, same for, same for me, kind of for the same reasons. I, get, I I enjoy them. I like the Conjuring movies. And uh, to me, man, it's almost – and I'm not saying – right? I'm not saying if it's the best or whatever else. Right. But it's kind of one that you can hang up on a wall and say, this is kind of your your textbook kind of supernatural type movie, right? If you if you just want a definition of what one is, it's kind of like this. And, um, again, that's – you know, I know there's, there's taste involved in that. But um, – and I think one thing that does appeal to me that it it does have that toe dipped in reality with the Warrens, right? I mean, right. And, and what they did, so that, and that's kind of cool to me that right that it's it's while it's not a straight up depiction per se, it's it, it, there is some elements there, right? And there's some of that there, and uh, it, it, and, and and I enjoy that. Um, and again, you were right. This <laughs> when we did this, and and I was coming up with this list, I really kind of thought to myself, man, we probably should have narrowed this down. And then, you know, <laughs> supernatural movies by a decade or something, because there are so many supernatural movies. There always has been, but especially even now. I mean, there's yeah. so many. And there's so many good ones. There's so many that, that are not necessarily that good, too. But but there's it's just so, so broad that eh, maybe we should have narrowed it down. But we were we were already you know kind of dove in. But uh, so, again, we, we my can, number three we can also narrow it down in the future. I, I think yeah, we, we can comfortably we can return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can we can re, uh, revisit. Um, but yeah, also my number three is also The Conjuring from 2013. So let's just kick straight back to you, Ike. What is your number two favorite uh, supernatural movie? 
Right. Oh, man. So there was, again, I, I really struggled because there's so many good Supernatural movies. So honestly, I, I think that we should. I, I just want to comment. We do need to revisit because there's yeah. so many more Supernatural movies that I would love to include on my list. <laughs> yeah. Like a top 50. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but my number two is a movie I watched a few years ago. And it was a movie I'd been really looking forward to watch. I didn't get to see it in theaters, but then I caught it on Netflix it's the autopsy of Jane Doe. So oh, yeah. the autopsy of Jane Doe for people who haven't seen it, it is a film where a dead body is delivered to a morgue. Um, and the dead body has some, I would say some pretty uh, inconsistent things about it. Then seems like it's missing some things that you might need to function as a human being. And a father and son, duo of coroners um they're they're pulled into sort of a mystery if you will and it starts to unfold as they continue on with this autopsy uh, but soon you know the you know supernatural kicks in and it's it's one of the more compelling stories i've seen in a supernatural movie it also is unique because it's not your typical haunting movie it's a movie that is progressed by the autopsy the autopsy is basically the catalyst for all of the you know the possession and all of the spooky stuff that happens um but yeah the autopsy of jane doe is very interesting um like i said very compelling story very compelling mystery it had me intrigued the entire time um, and if you are like me and you have a hard time sometimes finding like good supernatural movies that really just entice you, um, you know, this is one of the ones that I would put in my list of like you should watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not seen it, so I can't really comment much on it, but it is a movie that I'm aware of. And I remember uh, it's one that I've, I've wanted to see. So, uh, again, that's one I'll have to pencil down on my list uh, to watch. <laughs> um, so, I can't, again, I can't really comment much on it, but my number two. This literally has got to be one of my favorite horror movies, period, of all time. It would have to be, I don't know, probably, I'm not going to put it way up there, but probably in my top 25, 30 of all time. It is such a fun movie to watch. So enjoyable. And, of course, one thing that really sets it apart is it has Matthew Lillard in it. My number two is 13 <laughs> Ghosts from oh, 2001. Yes. I, I love this movie. I love the concept of it. I love the, the collector aspect of it. Of course, I love Matthew Lillard. I, I love I just this the movie is so fun to me to watch and it is so well presented, so well acted. Um, I think it's a very, very fresh, clever uh, approach to this kind of stuff. It, it's it's different. Um, it, it, you know, it's not your typical possession. We got oh, someone's possessed here. Right. Bring in the priest. It, it, it sets it apart as far as you know the, the supernatural type stuff. Uh, I think it, I, again, I think it's a kind of a fresh take on it. Uh, so, Ike, what do you think? It gets my number two on the top three. What do you think of 13 Ghosts? Oh, absolutely. I love 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts is probably it, – it, it would it would probably make my top ten favorite, like, um, Supernatural movies. Um, I would probably even put it in, like, my top 20, 25 favorite horror movies. Um, obviously, uh, Matthew Lillard is probably one of my hands-down favorite actors of all time, which, small side note – um, shortly after this episode goes up in February um, is going to be Pensacon, which uh, Matthew uh -huh. Lillard is actually going to be at Pensacon. Um, yeah, we're going to so discuss I, Pensacon here in a little bit. So, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Well, it just announced. Yeah, just announced. He originally was going to go, but he had scheduling conflicts because uh, he is, was recently cast as William Afton in the Five Nights at Freddy's live action movie. Yeah. 
Yep. And so he had scheduling conflicts, but anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, 13 Ghosts, it, it, to me, 13 Ghosts, it has the cheese of like the early 2000s, but like it has such a good freaking story, dude. Like, I mean, it does. Uh, it's literally the 13 Zodiac Ghosts. It's talking about like different types of ghosts, how they died, catching them and all this other stuff. And like, I would love for them to make like a movie or a TV sh- series just talking about each of those zodiacs, like each of those yeah. ghosts, how they died. Um, it would it, it'd be a great pickup for a streaming service to do like like a series on. Oh, 100 percent. I I literally I have sat down and I I've had hour long discussions with people about how this movie, The Thirteen Ghosts, it, it is probably one of the most underrated like supernatural slash horror movies of all time. It is so creative. So creative to me. That house, that house alone, it's creepy, but it's unique. And it has all like these moving parts. And I love it. 100%. It was almost on my list, but I, 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 it was just a little bit below conjuring for me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's my number two, which brings us to our number one. So Ike, what is your number one favorite supernatural movie? Oh Lord. Well, I'm going to say it. uh, And I, 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 we, we both have a, uh, a a person that we know who hates this movie. Um, And I love this movie. It is probably, again, this is probably my top five favorite movies of all time. (laughs) I know. I bet I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Yep. It it follows. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just so you know, the person you're speaking of, I live with. And I, (laughs) just so you know, your love of it follows is, is, is a point of reference. A lot of times in, in discussions he has where he'll say something about, especially if he says something about you, right? Uh, here he is. Uh, hopefully I'm not going to start heat here, but uh, I don't <laughs> think it's anything you don't know. But a lot of times he'll say, someone will say, oh, Ike said this or Ike likes this. Where It's like, oh, yeah, but Ike likes it. It's follows too. <laughs> no, yeah. He, he says <laughs> he, he that does shit not like all the time. At all. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he, he has – I'm not going to name him because I don't know if he's comfortable with me saying his name. But no, no, no. He, he has he has such a hatred for It Follows. It almost it almost makes me like it more that he hates it so much. Um, but no, just like, out of spite. Out of spite. No, I can. So when uh, it, when it follows came out, I actually worked for the movie theater, um, like AMC. I used to work for AMC theaters way back when. I was a, a proprietor of the popcorn, and <laughs> that's popcorn a slinger. That's a fancy way of saying I uh, I slaved away behind the concession stand. Um, but no. Popcorn engineer. That's right. It's like a sandwich artist at Subway. Um, yeah. But, oh, Lord. But no, for real, though, I, I saw this movie and me and my wife, we were dating at the time. We both watched this and we both loved it. Um, this is one of the first movies that we watched together because my wife, she didn't really like care for horror movies when we first started dating, um, just cause she hadn't really seen many. So I, I kind of got her into watching more and lo and behold, she loves horror movies. It's one of her favorite genres now, but it follows was one of the early movies we watched together at the theater. And, um, it, it is a fantastic movie. It has a very, I would say creative concept. Now, obviously, it's basically a ghost or like a a paranormal entity that follows you that only you can see. And the way that it follows you is if you have sex with somebody who had the ghost before. Um, So obviously, it's sort of supernatural STD. 
Yeah, it, it's kind of a commentary <laughs> on STDs. I mean, that's really what it is, I think. But um, it's a great movie. It, it, it's a very ambiguous movie. has a very ambiguous ending. Um, I liked it a lot. I would love to see another movie. Um, but, yeah, it's a very contentious movie because there's a lot of people who don't like it, but there's a lot of people who do. It's one of my favorites. Well, my favorite Supernatural, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 well, one thing here to comment on people that don't like horror movies – I, I say this too. I say this a lot with certain kinds of music too. If you say you don't like horror movies, I just feel like you haven't seen the right horror movie yet, right? Right. Because people, a lot of people have preconceived notion about what a horror movie is and don't realize there's a lot of different types and different ones. And they think it's just all blood, guts, and, and you know it doesn't always have to be that. Anyway, I'll be straight up with you. I have not watched it. Follows. I have purposely not yet watched it because I don't want to get in the middle of all this, right? Because <laughs> I have you on the one side saying you love it, him on the other side saying he hates it, and I don't want to pick a side here. So I'm just like, I, if I don't watch it, I don't have to have an opinion on it. Um, <laughs> I feel like you know, I feel like at some point I will watch it. Now, maybe I'll just have to keep my opinions to myself. Um, but I also feel like that at some point in time, you're going to make us review this movie on this podcast. And uh, I'll, ha- I'll have to watch it. So, um, so maybe I'll just save it for that moment. Um, so anyway, that brings me to my number one which is really it's out of left field, right? This is not a horror movie at all. It is a supernatural comedy. But my number one favorite supernatural movie of all time from 1984 is Ghostbusters. And <laughs> because I, I love I love Ghostbusters. Love especially I mean the first one. Love that movie. It is such a great movie. When it came out, I was nine years old and I was obsessed with hunting ghosts. And um and again, I you know, while there might be aspects that some people might find a little scary uh, a little whatever you want to call it. it. It's not a horror movie, right? It's it's just not. But that's why I said I purposely just <laughs> said supernatural movies because it is a supernatural movie, right? They hunt ghosts. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, come on, the cast is ex- it's just extraordinary. It's got such a great cast, such a funny movie, uh, such it's just a great movie. It's an iconic movie. It's a just a trend-setting movie. Um, so I you know purposely approached this a certain way so that I could have Ghostbusters on my list. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I kind of played this one, but uh, so that's my number one. Um, I, I, I assume you like Ghostbusters, though, right? The first one. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, who, who doesn't like Ghostbusters? I mean, um, I'm sure somebody does. Those people are just wrong. I, you know, I don't say I couldn't like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters are pretty. I would say it's a pretty, you know, a, a universally liked movie. I mean, it I'm has a lot Bill of Murray in it. Come on. I mean, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Now, obviously, Dan Aykroyd's kind of lost the shit in the last few years. Um, yeah, but he's still funny. He's he is still, still fun. funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, the late and great Harold Ramis, um, yeah. Ernie Hudson. I mean, yeah. Annie Potts, uh, freaking Rick, Rick Moranis, Moranis, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Come on, the whole <laughs> movie is such a good cast. I mean, these are like the raw. These are like the all stars of like the ni- the eighties and nineties. And yes. I mean, how do you not love this movie? Um, I no, absolutely. I, I I love Ghostbusters. Um, I love the new movies. I even like the remake. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I oh, like the remake yeah, no, with no. the women. Oh, uh, oh, I don't like that. Oh, no, no, no. No. Oh, we're, we're gonna, oh no, don't like that one. Oh. I, wow. I I I enjoy it because of the novelty of it. Um, but I also really like Ghostbusters. Was it Afterlife with? Uh... Uh-huh. I do like Afterlife. Yeah, right? I enjoy Afterlife. Uh, I, I, I even enjoy Two as a little bit. It's not near as good as the others. Uh, it's a little weird. But uh, but yeah, but uh, not the remake one. No, I don't like that one. <laughs> uh, 
But in, in in any case, though, I, I do love <laughs> Ghostbusters. You can't hate. I tell you, you what, Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, no. If if the remake didn't have Chris Hemsworth in it, it would have no redeeming quality in my mind. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, there you go. And, and, in last episode, we talked about, you know, iconic, uh, you know, vehicles in horror movies. Uh, and I'm telling you, I wanted to put Ecto-1 uh, <laughs> on that list. But since I, you know, couldn't really be defined a horror movie, but come on. There's not, I mean, that's such an iconic movie vehicle. And, it uh, really is. I mean, as I sit here and look over my shelf where I have about three die-cast Ecto-1 sitting. Uh, so great stuff. So uh, such a big part of my childhood, though. So there's so much nostalgia there anyway. Uh, but let's take a break. Uh, And when we come back, we're going to discuss news and upcoming releases. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right, we're back here on Listen to Their Screams. And now let's talk about some news and upcoming releases. And like, as you mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to talk. we, We like to mention conventions. Uh, but this is kind of the uh, the cream of the crop of conventions, and it is Pensacon. Uh, it is a February 24th to 26th at the Pensacola Bay Center in Pensacola, Florida. You go to Pensacon.com for more information. Uh, Pensacon is a North American multi-genre convention founded in 2013, which takes place once each year in Pensacola, Florida. As of 2018, the convention draws an attendance of more than 25,000. Features around 100 media guests, encompasses five venues in downtown Pensacola, and runs hundreds of hours of programming for fans of science fiction, fantasy, comic books, and other elements of fan culture. Some of the the guests include D. Wallace and Danny Patero from Cujo, Skeets Ulrich, uh, and as we mentioned earlier, uh, Matthew Lillard from Scream, and many, many more. And, and, and let me just say this. The many, many more does not even begin to encompass this guest list. Um, we just keyed on a few there that were kind of horror-related or horror-adjacent. There, there are so many guests at this convention, whether you're a fan of whatever TV series, whatever movie, whatever genre of pop culture. If you're a Doctor Who fan, there's like the world's largest gathering of doctors and, and uh, companions. There are so many damn people, and they're constantly still announcing uh, a new guests. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, this is such – such a huge convention, I, um, and it's right there in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, for people who maybe don't know, I, uh, you know, both Dave and I are Indiana uh, natives. We we both grew, were born and raised in Indiana, um, but we have in our uh, adult lives have moved away from Indiana. Uh, <laughs> you know, he moved away a few years ago. I moved away uh, just earlier uh, in t- 2022, actually. But I decided to move to Florida. I've always uh, kind of liked florida you know some other stuff that happened you know i was like yeah florida's probably going to be best and we happened to move to uh cantonment which is a little suburb kind of outside of pensacola and one of the first things that i did when i got here is i was like i need to establish two things i need to establish where i can get a really really good burrito and i also need to establish where can i get my con fix i found the burrito and i found my con fix so <laughs> pensacon literally 10 minutes away 15 20 minutes away i can't remember exactly where the, the convention center is but i've seen it um super excited like you said the people you have listed is not even a fraction of the number of people who are going to be at this no, convention no. not <laughs> even the biggest guests. but uh, no, we just pulled even. some there was Unreal guests at this convention. Unreal guests. 
absolutely unreal. And there's going to be vendors. There's going to be food trucks. There's going to be everything that you could possibly love. So, yes, I'm definitely going to be going. I'm going to be going that Saturday. So I will be there. (laughs) All right. And then coming up on the merchandise scene, uh, this is something that immediately caught my eye because I am a fan of absolute. I'm a huge fan of Friday the 13th. I'm a huge fan of vinyl. So let's combine those two at BigBadToyStore.com now. You can pre-order the Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, original motion picture soundtrack on vinyl for $42.99. I, I, I've got to get this, right? I love vinyl. Uh, i got a record player in the front room. I've had one for many, many, many years. Uh, you've got a vinyl collection. And uh, so I'm a huge fan of vinyl. Of course, I love Friday the 13th. This is, uh, this is spectacular. Uh, part 4, one of my favorite of the movies. So I, I can't wait. I, I think I'm going to have to just go on and pre-order this sucker. Uh, to make sure that I get a copy, because I'm assuming it's going to end up being probably a limited release thing. Uh, they don't do, you know, endless, you know, amounts of these things. So uh, got to get four, on that. Part four, arguably the best, one of the best Friday the 13th movies. Uh, my personal favorite. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I did not see this when you originally, we were talking earlier. So um, that's pretty exciting. You know, if you buy it, it I'll definitely have to come over and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, some upcoming birthdays. February 4th, the uh, birthday of George Romero, of course, known for the Of the Dead movies, uh, kind of the godfather of, of zombies, pretty much there, coming uh, his birthday on February 4th. Uh, and then uh, upcoming releases. We only got one, and this is the movie that we're going to review next episode, coming out on February 9th, uh, is Knock at the Cabin. It is releasing theaters on February 3rd. While vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Uh, Starring Dave Bautista, of course, former professional wrestler, and uh, Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy, and Rupert Grant from Harry Potter. Uh, It's directed and produced by, uh, however you say his name, M. Knight. uh, I I can't ever say his name. How do you say his name? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's just M. Night Shyamalan. There you go. That's what I thought. So M. Night Shyamalan. And uh, th- again, we're going to try to watch this and we're going to, we're, we're planning to watch this when we get back on vacation and uh, when it comes out and uh, we're going to review this on our uh, February 9th episode. I, this is one of the big movies that I'm looking forward to in this year. We had uh, that list that we talked about, some key releases that are really, really exciting uh, that stand out. And to me, this is one of those releases. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this. Um, I recently watched uh, Glass Onion uh, on Netflix with oh, Dave yeah. Batista, and I'm just like, man, I want more Batista. Batista is such a good fucking actor, dude. I, yes, I cannot yes. I cannot even begin to explain. I think out of all of the professional wrestlers to have created an acting career, Dave Batista is, in my opinion, one of the best. John Cena, he was all right. The Rock, I'm sorry. I love The Rock. The Rock is a good guy. He was fantastic as Black Adam, but he, he all of his roles are the same. They're the same character, <laughs> and I love Dave Bautista so much. He's good in everything I've ever seen him in. Oh, my God, I'm so freaking excited. I also love M. Night Shyamalan, despite some of his not-so-good stuff, you know, for people who don't know. He's given us such beauty, beautiful things as Signs, The Village, The Sixth Sense, Old, Glass, Split. I mean – devil he was a producer on oh my god he did also create um the last airbender which was like that avatar live action that we don't talk about because of how horrible it was <laughs> however <laughs> uh i'm excited for this this is gonna be a good movie uh knock at the cabin it's it's gonna be i'm excited high hopes <laughs> it is yeah it, i mean his movies are known for having you know 
a twist to him, right? I mean, that's kind of the expression. There's a, there's a, usually this, this, yeah, a twist to them. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens with this. And it's always fun to watch the movie and try to see if you can uh, guess what it's going to be. So, uh, But again, we'll be watching that movie and reviewing it next episode. Uh, so that's the only upcoming release we have. Uh, again, due to the pre-recording, you know, stuff like that's a little a little limited for us right now. But uh, let's take <laughs> a break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's take a break, catch our breath. When we come back, we'll have our review for 1981's My Bloody Valentine. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, we're back on Listen to the Screams. And here it is. We're going to dive into My Bloody Valentine from 1981. You can watch this on HBO Max and Hulu with subscriptions. And, of course, you can purchase it digitally on most platforms. Uh, the movie was made to capitalize on the hot, on holiday slasher movies following the su- success of Halloween and Friday the 13th, uh, starring Paul Kelman, Laurie Hallier, and Neil Affleck, which, uh, of course, is no relation to Ben. <laughs> and it is a decades-old folktale surrounding a deranged murderer killing uh, who's killing those who celebrate Valentine's Day and turns out to be true to legend when a group defies the killer's order and people start turning up dead. Uh, it was filmed in actual mines in Nova Scotia, and Ike, watching this movie, you could completely 100% tell that it was filmed in Canada uh, by those accents, eh? Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I love that. I love when I watch a movie. And, uh, and I'm going to be real. All right, I'm a professional wrestling fan. My identification of uh, Canadian accents uh, is, is based on Canadian professional wrestling and watching Stampede Wrestling uh, back in the day and different things like that. And I can I can tell those accents. And then, of course, also, I hear it a lot. Again, here I'm going to bring up the show Supernatural, uh, who, which was filmed in Vancouver. And you can hear a lot of those accents there. So, uh, But, again, you can hear the accents. You can tell it was filmed in Canada. Uh, when it was released, the MPAA cut five minutes from the movie right before the release because of the cultural backlash to violence following John Lennon's death, which happened right before the release, which is it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure what the tie-in is there, but uh, <laughs> whatever. Did, I don't know if John Lennon worked in a mine at some point. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> they, they do weird stuff. Again, this came out in 1981, so it's very earlier, very early, earlier, very early, and kind of that slasher craze, right? It kind of, you know, uh, you know, we talk about how Halloween kind of kicked off a lot of that, right? And that was in 78, so we're just talking three years removed. Um, and it has created quite the iconic character in that in the minor. Right. It's merchandised quite a bit. You see lots of figures and things. Um, it's a very recognizable visual character. Um, and again, it's, it's it's a fun movie to watch. Um, and, and again, it was remade in the 2000s, tying back to Supernatural, starring Jensen Ackles uh, from Supernatural. <laughs> he was in the remake of it, um, which, again, my wife said, oh, as much as you like Supernatural, I can't believe you didn't do the remake. And I'm like, OK, we got to we, we got to do the original first before I get my Ackles love on. And um, that's right. But uh, who knows? Maybe someday. Uh, but again, uh, so we, that's what we watch. I, what did you think of my bloody Valentine? Yeah. Um, do you want me to hit you with a hot take now or later? <laughs> Let's start with the hot take. Let's just dive in. What do we got? Well, I'm about to give you a pretty, pretty uh, hot take, hot off the presses. Um, as much as I liked the 1981 My Bloody Valentine, um, let me I'll preface this by saying that, like you said. Um, it, it definitely was a good movie. It was your typical slasher film from the 80s. Um, it definitely kind of played up on a lot of the tropes that you see in earlier slasher movies, namely Halloween. Um, like you said, it had a very cool character in the minor. Um, my hot take is that the remake in 2009 was better. 
Um, you know, I know a lot of people are purists. They, they, they like to, you know, stick to the classics and I respect it. Um, and typically I am too. I, I'm a very firm believer that when you look at movies like Halloween and Friday the 13th, the earlier films are better than the, the remakes. Generally, the remakes aren't bad. It's just the original films are typically better. But I have to say that with My Bloody Valentine, I much more enjoyed the 2009 version than I did the 1981 version. Um, I just, in my opinion, the 1981 version, it, like I said, it's a very typical slasher film. Um, it's a very common tropes, everything else that was being unfolded before you. Um, but you kind of even mentioned it. I think the best part about this series in the 1981 movie is the killer. You have this guy who's adorned the um, it's not a gas mask, but it's like a an oxygen type mask, isn't it? That's what they use yeah, to help filter yeah, like, the, or, you know, yeah, contaminants. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he has that mask on. He He's dressed up in, you know, full gear to be in the mines. He's carrying around a damn pickaxe. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say I do have a little bit of uh, I think uh, Dave might remember this. So when I, I was, was going to bring the story younger, up. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a lot younger, it was a it was like a year or two after the 2009 My Bloody Valentine. I think maybe even not even a year. We went to a haunted house in Indiana called Fear Fair. Um, in Fear Fair, they would take you know popular concepts, popular movies, and they would turn them into a haunt. And one of the popular movies was My Bloody Valentine. And I had a friend. Um, I won't say his name, but I had a friend who went with us at the time who uh, was chased by a guy dressed as the uh, the miner from My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, he was chased like yeah. clear down the building by yeah, this, this guy. This was even before going in, right? He was like outside. And he, yeah, he we cracked were a cop in at him or something. And, and the dude literally chased him around the block. It was, it was oh pretty funny. God. It was great. It was hilarious. Uh, but absolutely. I, I like the movie. I like the concept. I like the character. A little bit of sentimental value. I like the new one better, but the original was was pretty good. Yeah, I, honestly, I think I'll agree. I think I like the remake a little better. Some of that might be the Jensen Ackles <laughs> bias right. on my part. Um, <laughs> but I do appreciate the 1981 because it does have that. That cheese that would I like it in slashers. And one thing I like about the 81 one is is the characters in the movie are so funny to me. Right. <laughs> First of all, they are there's some goofy ass dudes in this movie. Right. And they are just nonstop horsing around. They are they are drunk horn dogs the entire movie. Right. All <laughs> they care about is where they're going to get drunk next and who they're going to sleep with next. And and it's again, it's a very much a sign of the time because right there's some. There's some behavior that might be not over the top inappropriate, but just not really acceptable uh, with some of how they talk to women and things like that and and objectify women almost even. But um, but there are some people in it who are very I, the Hollis character cracks me up. The guy with the mustache, he yeah. is just hilarious to me in this movie. Uh, right. And there's and one thing that I like about the 81 that really has nothing to do with per se with the movie itself is some of the guys in it, like Alf Humphreys, who plays Howard, one of the goofy guys in it. Um, I absolutely love him because he was a deputy in uh, First Blood, the first Rambo movie. And I always I remember him more for that. But so when I see him in this, I'm like, oh, my God, it's that deputy uh, from First Blood. And then Neil Affleck, who we mentioned, plays Axel, right, who, spoiler alert, is the main dude in this movie pretty much ends up being, again, it's a 1981 movie for crying out loud. If you've not watched it in. 40 plus years, <laughs> uh, right? Where Axel turns out to be the killer, right? But 
Axel is very big into animation stuff now here lately yeah. and has and has directed and, and had a part in many Simpsons episodes in the Simpsons movie and many other things. And uh, it's wild to me that now he he does something like that. And uh, and you don't you know, you don't realize it until you start looking into these guys. So that's a kind of a cool aspect of it to me. Of course, there's the guy in the bar named Happy. Because what what did slasher movies in the early 80s? They always had this crazy, weird ass, drunk, uh, off his rocker kind of guy who was the guy, only guy who tried to warn people and know, you know, know this shit and no one listens to him, right? You have the also have the guy in the Friday the 13th early movies that's trying to warn <laughs> everybody, but no yep. one wants to listen because he's just a crazy town drunk. Uh, but they end up being right. And in this movie, you had that too. So this movie is your prototypical early 80s slasher, right? It is. Yeah. It, it 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 is cut and dry. There's no real surprise, you know. You know pretty much going through it that it's not going to be the hairy guy that they're talking about, right? Because they they mentioned it very early. On. You know there's going to be something to it, so you're expecting it, right? And and it turns out to be Axel, and they're like, oh, his dad was one of the supervisors that was killed, et cetera, et cetera. So you you know you don't. Well, it's like oh, that's kind of you know, oh, that's cool. You don't, you expect that that's, something was going to happen. And then it, it, it makes sense in the context of the movie, right? Because these two are uh, Axel and I think his name was TJ. We're fighting over the girl. And, you know, TJ used to date her. He dates Axel dates her now. They're arguing and fighting the whole movie about her. But you, it makes you very much want to side with TJ, right? Because they make Axel a little bit of a dick in some points. Right. So you, it's not surprising that Axel turns out to be the villain in this thing uh, because they 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 kind of drop the hints. Um, but again, it's a fun movie, right? It's a, it's 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 very much a slice of 1981 uh, slasher uh, you know, movies. It, it, it is very prototypical. Um, the thing that sets this movie apart from some of the many other movies that came out in that time period is the character. The minor yeah. is so visually uh, marketable and it's so, and again, that was what that time was, right? You wanted that character that you could put on a poster, that you could put on the VC, the VHS case, and that you could, you know, do with, and that you could say, just the visually seeing him alone would make people say, oh, I want to see that movie because what is this guy? And and the minor was that he he was very distinctive, very marketable, and I, I would say alone drew a lot of people in to watch this movie, even without knowing anything else about it. Obviously, it's called by Bloody Valentine's, right? It's going to be about a killer related to Valentine's Day. You knew what was going in, and you saw the guy. I mean, it sold itself. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's a fun movie. No big surprises. It's, it's a you know, prototypical early 80s slasher movie. Um, <laughs> Over-the-top acting by some of these actors. Kind of, you know, cheesy characters, goofy characters. I, I You know, I've hung around with guys before. And when I, you know, and I, no, I don't know. I've never been around guys that act this completely off the wall. <laughs> Maybe it's just who I associate with, because I'm sure there are people that do. But um, but it's weird. Again, all they again, all they ever focus on was wanting a drink and wanting to have sex. And uh, I, I understand that's you know, that's a driving force behind a lot of people in the world. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, the, the point where they're like kind of early in the movie where they're running out of the mine, right, where they got off work and they're and they're all in the showers and stuff. And then they run out and fucking Hollis is like running around with his pants half down and people are trying to jerk them down and. They're like kicking each other, getting getting in the car. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, <laughs> I've never worked at a place where this shit's happening. Someone's gonna have to say something. To, you know, this is not workplace behavior. 
I, um, honestly, I, I feel that way about a lot of movies. I'm just like, I, I want a movie that's like HR compliant. Like, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't seem like it's HR compliant. I'm I'm yeah, waiting for the human resources manager to walk in and be like, yo, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, we're like, I don't know, Bill, you know, Bill's, you know, pulling Hollis's pants down in the parking lot, and suddenly Cheryl appears and says, um, yes, Bill, uh, we would like to see you in the HR office now because that's, <laughs> and you know, and, and Bill doesn't get killed off. But he gets, you know, he gets suspended from work because of his behavior in the parking lot. But uh, <laughs> no, again, it it is a it is a classic movie in the horror world. Yeah. But again, you know, the movie's fun. The movie's you know enjoyable for what it is. But I'm gonna say at its core, My Bloody Valentine, this one, the 1981, and why it's become so iconic, boils down to the minor and how oh, yeah. and the appearance of that again. And watching one, I would agree. I would enjoy the 2009 one to to, to do on a, on a watch if I was going to watch one. Um, and again, I might have a little bias because Jensen Ackles in it is in it. But uh, but again, it's no knock on this movie because for a movie made in 1981, that's yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, there's some there's some things that, you know that are all right in it with the old lady being in the dryer and uh, the guy walks into the laundry mat and and it cracks me up because he keeps smelling. He's like he smells something. And he's like smelling his cigarette and he's smelling those things. Like, what does I smell? Not, you know, he doesn't hear the thumping noise and think that maybe the two are, I mean, come on, dude. You're supposed to be the law enforcement in the town. Can't you correlate that there's an odd smell and this weird noise? Come on. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, well, it, it, you're, you're telling me the smell of a dead body isn't common. I, maybe not. But, uh, you know, and, and again, though, you know, it, it's kind of a cool little uh, niche that it, you know, that the, the hearts put in the, the candy boxes with the note that, that you know, that's kind of plays into that minor character. And it's kind of cool, right? It's kind of creative. It's kind of creepy. And, and it gives that whole, gives that, that character some substance. Um, you know, and it's, it's a neat little part of it. Um, but again, for 1981, that's all right. Right. It's a pretty fun movie yeah. and what they could get away with. Uh, so Ike out of five screams, what would you rank 1981's my bloody Valentine? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about the rating scale a lot, and I think for me, this one's going to be probably just a three out of five. It, it, it's a middle of the line, middle of the road movie. I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't overtly love it. It, it was a good movie. Um, it has a lot of classic nostalgia from the 80s and what horror movies were in the 80s. Um, it also has, I would say, probably one of the more iconic slasher villains of our time. So I'm going to give it a strong three out of five. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three, too. And again, what's saving this for me is the minor, is that character. Yeah. It is a creative setting, right? You don't, you know, they did something different, right? It's not in a summer camp. It's not in a college dormitory. It's <laughs> or a not suburb. in yeah, or a <laughs> suburb of a town. They, they, they were creative with it, right? They, they put it in the minds, tied it into that, the backstory uh, between the, you know, the, the, the folk tale or the, the, the story of the town and what happened. It was a creative approach and setting. Now, it was 1981. They, they said, okay, we've, we've, we've told you the basics. We don't have to flesh this out anymore. Um, <laughs> so that is what it is. But I, I'm going to give it a 3-2, and it's, to me it's saved by the character, number one. Which again, it is a very, a visually wonderful character to see. Yeah. It does look creepy, and it is one of those characters that if you came around a corner and bam, you're face to face, you're gonna piss yourself a little bit. It is scary, and uh, I've and seen again, it firsthand. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, it, uh, and, it, uh, and it does sell – it's enough to sell the movie on its own to me is that character, right? And uh, and again, the, the I think the creative setting plays into it a lot. Uh, so I am just going to give it a three. It would be lower if it were not for probably that character being so iconic in my mind. Uh, but again, I do have to agree with you, though. If I were going to recommend someone watch one, I would tell them to watch the 2009 one. And if they really like it, uh, then maybe give this one a, a try just to see where it came from and what yeah. inspired. So I, I will give uh, my bloody Valentine one piece of credit, though. Um, they were like, let's make one movie and get the fuck out of Dodge. They, they didn't make a that is true. dozen sequels. You know, they didn't try and beat it into the ground, which, in my opinion, I think that's the reason why the remake is so much better, because there was only one there was there was only one they didn't overuse the character they didn't beat the idea and concept into the ground there was one movie in 1981 and then there was nothing for what Almost is that? 30 years 30 years <laughs> yeah close to 30 i mean we're talking 20 what 28 years something I mean, like yeah. yeah and yeah and again because of that character there were still figures and merchandise and things happening between the two, where it was never out of the eye, and people were – they remember, right? You remember the minor. You remember that character, and it, it it was enough. Literally is enough. And again, I know it sounds like I'm completely besmirching the entirety of this movie, but that minor and that character and that visual is enough to – it's enough to hang the whole thing on, the whole franchise yeah. on. And it, it, it worked, and I'm not saying that as a bad that's – a, that's a good thing because like we've talked about before – it's hard to create that iconic looking killer that stands out in your mind. Right. And if people think about my bloody Valentine, they may not remember a lot of the details, right? They may not remember some of the, the lesser characters, the axles and the Hollis's and the TJ's or whatever it might be. They may not even remember all the details of what it was about. They remember that character though, and what it looks like and how creepy exactly. it was. And sometimes that's, that's sometimes that's all you need. Right. And, 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 and when you're in this in this genre, if you, you know, you can make some money and you can do some business if, if you've created that. And um, and again, it is odd. I'm not sure, uh, you know, maybe I should have looked into it a little more. The the rights to this and who owns it, whatever, because it is odd, though, that there was only the one movie. And again, I don't know. Has there ever been a straight to DVD or a straight to streaming attempt at a sequel? Uh, because I, I, everything that I'm seeing is no. I mean, there's see when I when I go to IMDb and I type in my bloody Valentine, you know, I get the 2009 one. I get the uh, 1981 version. I get the um, I, the Irish uh, alternative band, my bloody Valentine. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. I don't, it is very. Yeah, yeah it is. It is very odd. That, you know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing whoever owns this uh, is, is, is kind of protective of it a little bit, right? Or either that or there is a complete conglomeration legal mess involved with the rights. It's probably one of the two. On, on <laughs> That's who very possible. And who owns what. So, and, um, and again, that does, you know, that helps sometimes, right? Because oversaturation can sometimes kill something, especially when. Yeah, maybe your foundation is not the strongest in the world, right? I mean, you're not talking this iconic, all-time great movie per se, while it is enjoyable. Um, you know, I mean, what were they going to do with it? I mean, I, I have to admit, though, I've I've seen this movie many times. I've always wondered 
what 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 happens to Axel next? <laughs> what does he do next? Right? He's you know with the way he's yelling at the end, he's completely off his rocker a little bit. Does he ever get free? Does he ever try to go back and get TJ and what was her name, Sarah, and get some revenge? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's odd to me that they never in any capacity tried to explore that. I will also say this. Um, <laughs> I, I do like the, the the remake better, uh, but one thing I will give the 1981 credit for, they didn't try and make it in 3D, which they did do with the 2009 one. Um, <laughs> they tried to make it in 3D, which was kind of yeah. meh, but I, I'm not yeah. a fan of 3D movies, but if I'm going to be honest. If my bloody Valentine had been about, I don't know, five, six, seven years later, they might have tried it in 3D then, too. So uh, true. That's that is true. <laughs> that, I don't I know, but it is what it is. So there you go. Three out of five screams for my bloody Valentine. Again, it's a fun watch. It's, it's you know, it's a it's not that it's a, a waste of time to watch. It's it's fun. Uh, you know, there's a few good scenes, a few good laughs, uh, some enjoyable characters, even if they are a little over the top. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those movies, though, that I feel if you're a horror fan, you got to watch it at some point. Right. You just have to check it off your list and say you've watched it. Uh, just just, you know, again, for the character alone. Uh, so, again, next episode, we are going to review. We'll be back. Right. So we'll be uh, back on a regular recording type schedule and we'll catch up on any news, breaking news, uh, anything that comes out in this couple week time uh, where we had to pre-record episodes. So we'll get all caught up on all that stuff and we will review the theatrical release Knock at the Cabin on that episode. So Ike, before we get out of here, uh, anything you want to say or throw out there? Um, You know. I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Me neither. You know, it, it's tough when you're pre-recording this stuff, right? Because it's like, I feel like I got a lot of those thoughts out on the first one we pre-recorded. And so it's like, I didn't save anything in the, t- you know, in the tank to, to throw in there in this one. So, <laughs> uh, but again, our vacation will be over. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled recording schedule, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I know I said schedule twice, but anyway, uh, so until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>